so moving on to management. Uh, so obviously, if they're hypoxemic, uh, so sorry, if they've got hypoxia, if their SATs are low, then you want to think about um, O2 therapy. Uh, and you would ideally sort of want to target 94 to 98% unless they've got a suspicion uh, of COPD or CO2 retention, in which case you want to get an ABG to, to further look into that. Um, in instances where there is a high suspicion of PE, uh, if there's no contraindications, then uh, actually anticoagulation can be started even before the CTPA. Uh, and in terms of what kind of anticoagulant you choose, uh, sometimes this can vary as well, if I understand from trust to trust, uh, uh, whether or not you use rivaroxaban or apixaban, or whether or not you use uh, sort of low molecular weight heparin. Um, I don't know if the, there was something that here that, that you want to, to add, Tom, in terms of anticoagulation. Um, no, I think um, acutely, uh, yeah, acutely would usually say therapeutic low molecular weight with an aim to switch to um, a DOAC prior to discharge. Um, but yeah, different views. And in terms of uh, management, I think if there are high risk features, uh, for instance, high clot burden or RV strain uh, on the CTPA or whether they've got hypotension or hemodynamic instability, then uh, that is definitely a big red flag that uh, you'd want to escalate quite promptly because they may be a candidate for uh, throm uh, thrombolysis. Uh, so, yeah. so I think what, what I would um, add to that is that um, the only very hard indication for thrombolizing PEs is hypotension, cardiogenic shock. Um, if people are hemodynamically stable and have a good blood pressure, um, but have adverse features like RV dysfunction um, on echo, um, mainly that, um, then that can be a reason to consider um, thrombolysis, but it's much less evidence-based and should only be done with, um, you know, obviously senior input, but not only senior input, like multidisciplinary senior input from different teams. Um, and, you know, then they also think about uh, reduced dose thrombolysis or catheter-directed thrombolysis as well as options, but that's much more minutiae, but I would be aware of their um, existence. So, Moving on to think about uh, outpatient management, so you'd want to know the duration of anticoagulation, uh, how long to anticoagulate them for. So uh, if it is a provoked PE, i.e. there is a you know sort of known reversible risk factor that, that is no longer there, uh, then you can consider review the anticoagulation at three months with the consideration of potentially stopping. Uh, but if it is unprovoked, uh, then you would need a review and at least six months of anticoagulation uh, and consider further investigation if it is unprovoked for something like an underlying malignancy. Or thrombophilias. Um, and I guess one sort of little thing to mention just here at the end is, you know, if they've got recurrent sort of PEs despite anticoagulation or if there is a contraindication to anticoagulation, then something you might potentially think about is like a cable fill, like a vena cable filter. 
uh, if they are a candidate for that. So, you know, again, this is this is kind of sort of down the line, maybe less important, but maybe just important to know the existence of. Right, yeah. So in terms of obviously escalation will be a, a big point uh, in the IMT interviews. Uh, so patients uh, sort of will potentially probably will be unwell in the interview scenario and they probably will deteriorate uh, despite you doing all the right things. So uh, you want to know at what point to, to escalate as well. Uh, so Tom, what, what do you think are the important sort of uh, uh, times or features or red flag signs that, that would to want you to probably yeah so, so obviously I'd, I'd want to know about any PE patient who's hypotensive because we could be considering thrombolysis um I'd obviously want to know if there's severe hypoxia with very high oxygen requirements um and you know I'd also want to know if they were stable at the moment but we were worried that they were heading in the wrong direction um for instance, with um, evidence of RV dysfunction, either on CT or echo. Um, yeah, so those, those are the things I'd want to know about, um, and I'd want to know in any changes, because the thing to say as well is that, um, you know, whenever we risk assess these people, that's a snapshot in time, and things can change over time, and people who were intermediate risk can deteriorate and become high risk with hypotension. Um, so, yeah, always good to have a, a plan um, what would happen if things were to deteriorate? Great. Um, so, Tom, do you just want to sort of finish by recapping some of the, the key points yeah, of, sure. of PE? So, I think the key key aspects in um, managing PE and in, in, in an interview scenario are obviously recognizing the signs and symptoms and showing the examiner that you um, identify them via your history and examination, identifying any VT risk factors and any uh, possible provoking factors um, and then demonstrating a knowledge of risk stratification um, and um, a knowledge of management in including the indications for potential thrombolysis um, if, if indicated um, and the awareness that this should be a discussed with um, seniors um, and also that you know these patients should be looked after and monitored in an appropriate place and that will depend on where you are whether it's a a monitored area or a ccu or a hdu will depend place to place that's great thank you very much Todd. great thank you